0: Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen and I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today Zanna?
1: Today I'm drinking a coconut oolong tea from the Spice and Tea Exchange. How about you?
0: Today I am drinking what was my first introduction to tea of any kind. It's the original Good Earth tea and I first tried this when I was a kid at the Good Earth restaurant in Palo Alto. It's spice it's got cinnamon it's got cloves mm. orange it, it isn't herbal but it is it was my first anything resembling tea that I said oh I would like to have more of this please
1: <laughs> oh yeah that does sound great
0: I think because prior to that I had nothing but Lipton which is not oh. tea either so but you know that's a rant for another episode
1: it's almost entirely, but not quite unlike tea, right? Yes. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Douglas Adams. And
1: yes, please, Zanna, please remind our listeners what I assigned you to read this month. You gave me The Fastest Way to Fall by Denise Williams. And what did you think? You know, I read this twice. I read this with my eyeballs right away. And then in the run up to us recording this episode, I read it with my ears. And I have to say that I liked it a whole lot better the second time around. Part of that is at the beginning of the book, the author, Denise Williams, writes a very helpful trigger warning about the fine line between fat phobia and body positivity. She acknowledges that while writing a fat heroine who is fantastically confident, exactly who she is would be wonderful, but it's also not a story that she can tell, nor one that she needed to read. And I appreciated that and understood her perspective so much so that it made me enjoy the book a lot more the second time around. When I read it with my eyeballs, my e-reader skipped past that section. And when I listened to it, that was included. Ah, And I think that made a big difference. Yeah,
0: it does make a difference. She talks at length about body positivity but this is also a one woman's health journey as well Mm -hmm. and uh the other the other trigger warnings in here that we that we should mention is that there is um alcohol and drug abuse by a family member of one of the main characters and that plays very prominently in in his journey it's the it's the male main character's journey right
1: as well as disordered eating from a number of different...
0: And, yeah, and disordered eating. And yeah, so there is there is body dysmorphia. There is, there's mentions by other characters of eating disorders. And there is a scene in the book in which the uh, female main character doesn't do the, the program the way that she's supposed to and actually injures herself in the process. They have to deal with that and you know what that means readers just consider that when you're when you're reading it mm-hmm. the thing about the fat phobia and health mm-hmm. i approached this when i first read this book it was as a plus size woman who has gone through a number of diets since the age of 10 mm-hmm. i had my my own issues my own journey but i felt like this was an important one for me to read because i was more likely to see myself reflected on the page.
1: Mm-hmm. So I read this, and so this is a sort of a full disclosure thing. I also have been a plus-size woman for for my entire adult life and was a large child as well. I recently had bariatric surgery. While weight loss was a factor, it was not the primary motivator for me. For me, it was I had some other issues that were exacerbated by the problems that I was having and I have lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds on my own without the surgery and now I've lost about 100 pounds with the surgery but I have previously always gained it back because that is something that just you know, it's, it's not enough to just diet alone. No. Especially if you've been doing it over again. It's a cycle. Because what happens is that you reset your, your you, you trash your metabolism, essentially, when that happens. Yeah. And so even before surgery, I was eating not all that much. You know, I was eating a low calorie diet. I was exercising, but I still was, for me, the biggest problem was that I had acid reflux. The surgery that I had has eliminated that completely. That was also affecting things like depression my, because it was making my sleep cycle worse. So for me, it has been a tremendous positive, but not because my size is smaller. I was actually perfectly happy the size that I was. What I wasn't happy with was the fact that I couldn't sleep through the night, yeah. that the world is not built for plus-size people. Even though 69% of US adults are overweight or obese. Exactly. The US is not is built for slender people. And while I was perfectly happy with being who I was, there are things that I wanted to do that I was not allowed to do. And I really so the main character to go back to the book. This is a we first meet Brita who is a young woman who is a research assistant at a trendy webzine kind of thing. Is that a word anymore? Webzine? I don't know. Uh, It's a
0: magazine. It's, it's a magazine and, and it just happens to be electronic.
1: Right. And so she longs to be a feature writer. She's been toiling for four years as a researcher for other writers doing things like researching, I don't know, the best body butter or whatever for other feature writers and,
0: yeah, this is very much a fashion and lifestyle sort of yes. uh, f- sort of magazine from everything you know, and it's, and if listeners have seen the movie, the How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, I, I get okay. I get the sense it's that kind of magazine, you okay. know that it's yeah. it's um, a Cosmo sort right. of derivative.
1: Well, so anyway, she wants to be a writer. She's that's all she's ever really kind of wanted to do. And she is in competition with another assistant to get the the this one writer position that's available. And um, so, as we said before, Britta is plus sized. She's she claims at least to be perfectly happy with who she is. Yes. I mean, it's not that I have an issue with it. It's just so much as she is hyper aware of the slender people in the office. Yeah. And she is, she's always assuming that they are judging her. It's likely not true. I mean, the, the basic thing to understand with any kind of interaction with humans is don't worry what people think about you because they're probably not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the reality is that everybody's so hyper focused on themselves that they don't really notice you all that much. That said, since I have started drastically losing weight with my bariatric surgery, I have had so many people come up to me and tell me, oh, you look so good. And that is a huge double-edged sword. Because it is. part of me is like, because I'm thin.
0: I didn't look good before.
1: Yeah. I mean, I you thought know. I looked great. You know, I yeah. thought I looked... I thought I looked awesome, but now I look good. Well, you look so healthy. I'm like, well, do I? Because as one thing that happens with bariatric surgery, my hair is thinning right now. It should come back within a year Mm -hmm. or so, but I'm not, I'm, I have a malabsorptive diet. You know, I'm actually getting fewer nutrients than I was getting before. I am able to move better. I'm able to walk longer. I'm able to do those sorts of things, but am I really healthier? Yes and no.
0: Yeah. You know, yes and no.
1: I have the stomach the size of a toddler's and you know, I, <laughs> I, I struggle to eat enough in a day. And this and, and is anybody who, who has
0: raised a toddler knows, you know, they don't they don't actually consume any food. Any nutrients that they get is kind of absorbed through the skin when they mush the food all around themselves. Right.
1: well, I didn't I don't eat like a toddler.
0: No, you don't eat like a toddler, but but my point was that they don't. Well,
1: at least not usually they don't actually
0: consume it's that. It's been much.
1: a good week since I found food on the back of my head. So. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. At any rate, so she and her slender rival, Claire, pitch this idea that they're going to try these fitness apps, these health, health apps. One of them is Fit Me, and the other one is Hotter You, because Britta says she just really wants to be able to move better, to feel, she wants to look good naked. That's one of her primary things yes that that's
0: that's her primary goal to look good naked and
1: the sort of a secondary goal is to be able to jump out of an airplane, which I totally understand because that's i when I had lost a whole bunch of weight fifteen years ago, I had signed up to sign to jump out of an airplane, but by the time I got to that date, my weight had had climbed above the maximum requirement again, and so. I've missed out on doing this stupid thing for you know, like 15 years and so now I need to schedule a time to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Anyway, <laughs> point is Berta does the app that's more about fitness and more about being a healthier you and not worrying about weight loss. And and in fact, their coaches are trained to sort of look out for people who are saying, I need to lose a certain amount of weight, because that's kind of an unhealthy attitude. Yeah. And really, the idea should be to be able to move no matter what size you are. And that's kind of what Britta is looking for initially is that she's really wants to be. She's perfectly fine with her body, but she wants to be Able to move more
0: and at the and that the very first when she's you know first downloaded the app is putting together the profile mm-hmm. She does take a very I think honest and critical assessment of her body yeah, you know, she she looks at herself in the mirror in a full-length mirror naked and Ticks off a list of what she likes what she doesn't like I you know and some things she can you know, she can change but other things she can't. For myself, I understand why she wants to take this approach of being healthier, of being, you know, of being able to move better, mm-hmm. all of that sort of thing. And I have actually tried a fitness app similar to Fit Me where you're assigned a coach and you're you're given, you know, that coach gives you a series of exercises to do or demonstrates things that you could do differently. For the sake of my own journey, I chose to just do the exercise, but there is a, mm-hmm. a nutrition element that you can include as well. Okay. I only did it for a few months, mm-hmm. but then I injured myself in another way and had to stop, but mm-hmm. it was not because of the app itself. Actually, the the app was great. My coach was great. We had a real rapport, but I could not I could not continue doing it. And so I had to just put it on pause. But, you know, for a lot of things, I have done a number of different types of diets where it's most of the major diet programs that you can name. Right. Countless books, um, you know, countless just ideas from people of, well, yeah, this worked for me, you know, because I lost whatever. But there. But you know, you have to get into, you cannot do um, any kind of program like this without looking at the psychological component. Yeah. I was not overweight when I put, when I was put on my first diet, Uh but my grandmother was. So whatever, whatever she was doing, she then projected that, that body image onto me that's so toxic you know same with other members of my family who yeah sure you know had their own body image issues and then of course it was during a fitness craze of the 80s and everybody was doing you know jane fonda and and Mm -hmm. richard simmons and just every everything was body you know meanwhile everything is
1: being supersized
0: yeah meanwhile portions are being supersized you know you've got You've got food that that is not healthy. The war
1: on fat, which was really misplaced.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and then and then there's also one of the things that that is never really talked about is how as time has gone on, how much um, the unhealthy food that that is consumed has to do with your socioeconomic status. Oh, yeah. And that's a huge thing the poorer you are in in the united states the poorer that you are the less nutritional value your food is yep uh because absolutely um organic whole food is more expensive and and it's just a fact
1: yeah and then of course
0: you know you have you have the entire fashion industry that even though there is this large percentage of women who, uh, you know, mostly or mostly women who have disposable income to spend on your fashion. Mm -hmm. You won't make clothes to fit them. Right. This has been a thing that I have fought against, struggled with. Right. Entire life.
1: Yeah. Same. And a hundred percent. That's, that's a huge, those are all huge factors and it's all sort of culminates in this, this, really perfect storm of, of, of not being able to be healthy (laughs) within your own body, regardless of your size though. I mean, because it, because there's also this idea that skinny is healthy and that's actually a hundred percent not true. That is not true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've known plenty of women who were the right size, Mm -hmm. but had other health issues that you couldn't see. Yeah. You know, with Britta's character, I thought it incredibly realistic to have someone who said that she was good with her body, but was Mm -hmm. also conscious of the people going on around her because it was, it's just so ingrained. It is impossible to be 100% totally like, I rock this body, I'm a total goddess, I'm, you know, all of this. You have in somewhere in your past had to deal with yep. people judging you at, by your size and or yeah. a, a world that does not accommodate your size, you know? Right. I mean, it, you know, you can, you can be as positive as you want to be. And I'm thinking of people like Lizzo. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Lizzo still doesn't fit in a standard airline seat. Right. You know? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, that's just a fact.
1: And. And some of these things are, you know, they, they know that most of the population, that two thirds of the population is overweight or obese. And yet they do these things to, to cut costs. And if you humiliate a fat person in the process, well, that's just even better.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, oh, wait, then they have to give to the diet industry because they're going to go try and lose the weight for the diet industry, you know, and, and it's, it's a vicious cycle. Her... What you were saying about Britta's character, thinking that people are judging her, I just disagree with that point of it because I thought that she's very realistically written.
1: I, I, okay, I don't disagree with that. I, I have, I have gone through that same psychological process as Britta. I have been the, I am strong and confident as I am, but that person, if I eat this donut, that person's going to look at me funny. Yeah, um, so I agree. I agree with you in that it's it, that it's very realistic. What I meant to say with that was not so much that it wasn't realistic, but that she's kind of lying to herself that that's that it's not entirely. Because and that's also of true. Her se- size, I'm and I'm not saying that's a problem with the book. In fact, it's just it's like okay, you're sort of an and this is true I think for most people. You're sort of an unreliable narrator of your own story. Oh yeah, you have to portray that confidence in order to to hold your head high and be who you are. But there's always self doubt. Yeah, in that, and, and, and I, I think, agree that that is very realistic. Yeah, and I
0: think that one of the things, particularly about romance novels, that we have said before. About half of romance novels written now are written with a uh, first-person narrative, whether that's, you know, right. both main characters or just the one. And This
1: one, for the record, is both main characters have yes. first-person narrative.
0: Yeah, have a first-person narrative. And both of them are unreliable narrators. Right. Because they both have their own issues and and part of what i enjoy about that though is to watch them make the journey and watch them make the realizations that they need to make true you know knowing going in that that they're not going to be completely honest with you in chapter one right you know when you first meet them this is how they present themselves or how they would like to present themselves
1: this is the instagram version of themselves yes
0: exactly yeah, this yeah. is this is this is who they present themselves to be to the public.
1: This is this selfie and not this selfie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I did was I hold hold the camera above me and do the smile thing. And then the other one is from the chin shot, under chin,
0: <laughs> which is flattering for no one. Uh, They're yet. both you. They're both you, but one of them one of them is a is a glossy version. It's a journey for the reader too, because because sometimes, and particularly in books like this, where you're talking about, um, you know, a person's mental health journey as well as mm-hmm. their uh, the journey of their that their bodies make, is it allows for the reader to have some self reflection. I mean, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes you just want to read a book for total escapism, and and you don't want that, so. That's right. when you go to the third person narrative. <laughs> but uh, but I do think that it's a, a, that there are times when when the unreliable narrator is useful.
1: So we, we touched on him, but we didn't. Um, we, the main character, the main male character is Wes. And he is yes. the, he's a co-CEO of the app that Britta is using, which is the Fit, or, the Fit Me app, the Fit Me app. Yeah. Um, And he is very restless in his role of CEO. He's needing distraction from his family woes that we mentioned earlier. His mother's an alcoholic and drug addict. His sister is missing. Well, not really missing, but she's, she's run away. Um, and yeah, she's run she's, away
0: and not communicated with the family as to right. where she
1: is. Right. And so his friend and business partner, Cord, encourages him to pick up a few clients since he's always happier when he's coaching. And so he does this and he ends up narrowing down to this teacher and who ends up not sticking with it. And Britta, he gets intrigued by the woman who wants to look good naked. Um, Yeah. So which like, really? Side eye.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I also think too, that, that they, because there is a chat function uh, on the app, which is how they start their conversations and they have a, I think that they're back and forth. They speak, they speak a similar language. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they, I I think that they connect in that way and having, having done a, a similar app with a coach um, it, it makes the, it makes the relationship, um, having, having that sort of rapport with someone on, on the chat functions, mm-hmm. um, is, is really helpful to the other things that you're doing because then you're, then you feel like you're with somebody who gets it, you know, and that, and, and that you have is real not accountability to, instead yeah. of
1: just, just getting like a badge on a on an app or something. right and then although you know, I will admit I am very well motivated by by the various kinds of, <laughs> I'm probably more motivated by digital help than I am by by somebody yeah. checking in with me I, I get frustrated with that I'm like I'm doing the thing just leave me alone no. <laughs> and the story starts out largely got it's, um, by text
0: the, and yeah it's the... they
1: got with their their email text and chats and and they they sort of become increasingly fond certainly of each other yeah Um, but but it's still
0: friendly it's it's still very friendly yeah it's not it doesn't go immediately to flirty and also she is putting in the um, social media posts for the magazine as well so you uh the uh, their conversations are interspersed with that she also has someone that she worked with who she is interested in and he hipster bin. yeah he flirts with her sort of and you know but is is always
1: just that
0: much inaccessible yeah to her um but you know so she kind of lives with this crush
1: and like when he asks for help things she goes out of her way to help him yeah and
0: it it's what leads Wes and Britta to finally meet in person is that she doesn't eat right and falls down some stairs and it turns out that they're in the same city and they're actually neighbors you know close close by and so he uh Wes finds her breaking
1: all the all privacy laws
0: all the yeah. privacy laws, you know, he makes I mean, the compliance I, he makes would have a
1: field day. Co CEO, who is the
0: IT guy,
1: ah. you know, you got to find <laughs> her, you
0: got to do all of this. And I mean, he does, it, it, you know, he does get her to the hospital and all of that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but yes, it, it, and thankfully she doesn't sue. The ethics of it is just, yeah, yeah shot to hell.
1: <laughs> I mean, because he's handsome and, and lovely. It's fine, but if he were skeezy, that would be... That
0: would yeah, be totally different yeah.
1: Suddenly, yeah. Suddenly
0: it's all okay because, you know, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> he has his own issues and things yep. that he's dealing with, but one of the things that they discuss is when, you know, she's recovering is how did it end up like this? What did we fail to do in terms of mm-hmm. the app that we didn't see this coming? She basically says that this was that this was a mistake of she thought somebody felt something for her that, that they, in fact, didn't. And so it wasn't... Um, and, and
1: it is that, but it also is... It's the fallout of her lying to herself about yes. her motivations. Yes. So while it is a direct result of the catastrophic get-together with this uh, hipster, um, yeah. it's still really the the primary blame has to be on on her lying to herself about her motivations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that there um, that he was he was more of a of a motivation uh yeah. you know that the hipster dude was more of a motivation to her than she wanted to admit and then right. so therefore she did whatever she could to you know, guarantee her success, which in turn actually mm-hmm. sabotaged her. Right. And
1: which, you know, guess what folks that can happen uh, yes. very easily because very if you easily. don't eat your body is thinks you're starving. You'll hold on to the weight anyway, and you'll also yeah. not get enough nutrition. Trust yeah. me.
0: Yes. <laughs> this is all, all true statements verified by both of us. <laughs> yes, And it, it, so they, but they do end up beginning an actual face-to-face relationship. Still, again, starting
1: as a friendship, and then starting and as a friendship, yeah, and face-to-face and, coaching.
0: Yeah, and this is what is referred to in Romance Landia as the slow burn, Zana. Yes. So it's I'm, um, I'm
1: I'm somewhat familiar with slow burn yeah. from other genres, <laughs> and so I do we, enjoy a slow burn, but. Yeah. Also who we haven't talked about is in Wes's story is his ex-girlfriend Kelsey, his ex-girlfriend Except, Kelsey, his ex-girlfriend, who, and she actually runs the competitor Hotter You. Yes. And the app that Claire, Brita's coworker is testing. She is the irredeemable villain of the piece. You know, I Absolutely. mean Absolutely. So she and in, in almost a way that's a little unrealistic to me that that she's just there's nothing redeeming about her not only is she i mean she's just i don't want to spoil it but she's she's just she's just a bad person
0: yeah and it's immediately obvious from the interactions with the hotter you app mm-hmm. the the coaches are not as well trained they are motivated by weight loss versus health it's like i think they
1: get bonuses if their clients lose a certain amount of weight
0: they're trained as much as a customer service rep not as a not as a personal trainer right and so she is uh kelsey is definitely in it for the money she was originally with wes's company and decided to branch off and do her own thing the interactions between Kelsey, Wes, and Cord because they all started it together mm-hmm. shows in all of that. And I think we find this out pretty early on so I don't think it's too much of a spoiler but she and Wes were almost engaged and he was he was going to propose and had the whole thing. She left, she left the
1: She left the company left the and, company him and in, him. The same, in the same in the thing. same breath basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yes, there is nothing redeemable about her at all, particularly when she discovers what he's doing and, you know, tries to make it about uh, about that. But uh, you know, in and in addition to he's also trying to help his mother, trying to find his sister, mm-hmm. and you do what you do find out what happens to, you know, what happens to the sister, you find out the mother has her own uh, her own journey, which is quite mm-hmm. rocky. And for anyone who, and I'm again going to mention the trigger warnings here because there were a lot of memories on Wes's part of being a child of an alcoholic mm-hmm. and a child of an addict. And if and that generally, is a,
1: and, and, and also generally in abusive relationships for a long yeah, time.
0: Physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot there. That is, one, totally realistic, because yeah. this happens all the time, but it is also painted in a way that speaks of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, whether whether Denise Williams, who wrote the book, had this experience personally or someone she was close to, I don't know. but But this was definitely written from the perspective of somebody who knows. I appreciated mm-hmm. that. The other thing that we haven't uh, we haven't discussed, and we need to make a full disclosure here. So both Zana and I are are white women, but Denise Williams and uh, the character of Britta are both women of color. There is that perspective to it as well. There are experiences that we can't speak to, but you know maybe readers will find themselves in that. well there are some there are so many more things in there that don't have anything to do with skin color or you know yeah racial background that can be had here that are Mm -hmm. common with a lot of people and and that's what to me that's what uh what gave me the idea to to give you this book to read zanna because it was it was just something that that it spoke to me in a lot of different ways i knew that i i knew that you would find some similarities or yeah yeah i've been here or i know this person or yeah there're definitely know, like that.
1: F- some some very familiar pieces in this and some very familiar emotional journeys the
0: audiobook version of this is narrated in dual narration with najame kamara who is a new to me narrator and Teddy Hamilton, who we've discussed on this podcast before, and then also um, Denise Williams on the mm-hmm. beginning in the authors in the authors' note at the beginning of the book, and I enjoyed her voice in this, mm-hmm. uh, Najami's voice in this. She embodied Britta to me, and and sometimes sometimes narrators don't. Sometimes the mm-hmm. the 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 mesh doesn't work. I, but I
1: would agree with that.
0: Before she finished describing herself. I knew who mm-hmm. Brita was because I could hear it in mm-hmm. her voice. That's the that's always a good sign for a good narrator. Or the correct casting. You know, mm-hmm. because you can have a really good narrator, but if, if But it may they not be the right
1: casting choice, right?
0: Yeah. If they don't fit the character then yeah, it's not going to it's not going to work. Yeah. And again, you know, having it be a person of color narrating a person of color.
1: Right, it's important. Re- the representation
0: think... there is is essential. Absolutely, absolutely. Listening to or reading, you know, all different, all different spectrums.
1: Yeah, it is still important not... to make sure that that um, writers, uh, people of color who are writers, get their voices heard. Oh, um, absolutely, and and
0: and, and rather than know, supporting. Yeah, supporting the author, supporting the narrators. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great talent out there. It's not that we're going, oh yeah, so there aren't any people of color to do this role. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. There always were. There are plenty. Yeah. But the point is, is to support them. Yes. To find them and support them. Yes. And, And we will feature diversity, first and foremost. On this podcast, so you're going to be hearing.
1: Well, it gets really boring if you focus only on one one cultural perspective. I, for one, embrace art diversity and in the arts. Absolutely, I think I think it's it makes it much more interesting and much more enjoyable if you're not hearing the same stories by the same storytellers over and over again.
0: Well, and and then what is and what is the point of storytelling but not to hear other perspectives? Yeah, you know exactly. You know if you're if you're just hearing, essentially, regurgitation of your own story. You've got an echo chamber. Exactly. That's yeah. not that's not storytelling. That's that's yeah. just uh, that's just hearing the sound of your own voice.
1: And going back to a theme that we often talk about, it's a big part of humanity to be able to exactly share these these stories across cultural. Yeah.
0: And storytelling is the first art form, and it's the art form for everyone. Yep. And art is for everyone. And, this, and to be able to find those stories, some of my favorites are ones that it was where I would pick up a book or listen to an audio book where I thought, this has not been my experience at all. You know, this is completely out of what I know life to be. And so let's hear, you know, let's hear what they have to say. And then you come away, first of all, you come away better educated about the world. For sure. And and then you also come away with more compassion, more empathy. And that's really
1: Uh, where the humanity comes in.
0: Exactly. Exactly. The diversity of voices is what, it gives us a more, a more colorful palette Mm -hmm. for the art. Yeah cuz I mean who wants to look at a blank white canvas? You
1: know. <laughs> it's not it's not art unless you put more color in it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So so thank you Denise Williams that all being said about a story that is not ours there's still elements in there that we can identify. Oh yeah. With.
1: Well there are still parts of the story that that do touch on who we are. You know, even yeah. though we may not be the same um we may not have the same racial or cultural background as Britta. We both understand her from the perspective of being larger women, you know? So we're not, we are different, but we're not.
0: Yeah. I identify with a few people in this book actually, but for different reasons, you know, Um, there's elements of Wes's story that, that hit close to home. There's elements of, I know Pearl, Pearl yeah. is Corden West's assistant. Corden is
1: head over heels for her. Yeah,
0: and uh, absolutely mad for Pearl, and she is, she flirts, and you know, I but I think she's that very tolerant of him. Yeah, and I think she also kind of has a little thing for him, but just won't acknowledge it. But that's uh, well, she's a consummate he, professional. She yeah. is. She is absolutely the consummate professional, and. There is, there is the business and then there is her life and the two things do not, do not cross. And, um, I have, I have known women like her and, um, and the, the richness of how these characters are drawn is, is just, uh, part of what I enjoy about the book is that, you know, that these are all people that, you know, Mm -hmm. these are all people that are familiar Basically, like somebody, like every uh, person in this book, including Kelsey, I might add. Um, you oh, know, sure. Yeah, she is. She I know, is full I know on, a Kelsey or two. Yeah, she's the full-on irredeemable villain. Although, yes, although but, she
1: goes further than the people I know, I think.
0: Yeah, but I think that that more is to drive the plot forward than yeah than an actual you know character trait on her part. True. Uh, but this is yeah, this is. Um, you know, but to the tropes, it is, it is a slow burn story. It is a, um, it, it's also, you know, the professional lines get crossed kind of thing. Right. But it's not, it's not a boss employee relationship. No. Uh, but it is a. It's
1: sort it, of as a teacher student, but the relationship. doesn't sort of. It, but the relationship doesn't play out that way.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's lots of great side characters, some that you love and some you love to hate, uh, like Kelsey, like Mason. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Mason. <laughs> I'm not a
1: fan of Mason, but I got to be more of a fan of Mason by the yeah. end.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he is he is good. He is good for business, even if they don't like him. Right. So he is that definitely that much. And but again, you know, this is I have known. I have worked with people
1: like mason oh i've known years. so many masons it's not even it, funny yeah yeah and
0: and it's a well it's a well-drawn character when you can immediately yeah. you know like read two paragraphs and go mm-hmm. oh yeah i know this guy i totally know this guy <laughs> you know those elements that i are the ones that i really enjoy in a book when when i can see these people and go yep i know them i know them i know them <laughs> You know, <laughs> let's let's put this combination together and make a story. Let's see what happens. And yep. so that's what I thought of it. So why I recommended it to you. Okay. What did you think, Zana? How do you how do you rate this one?
1: Well, using our five cup rating system, I think I'm going to give it four cups. I was going to give it three and a half cups when I just eyeball read it. When I listen to it again, I give it four and a half cups. So I'm splitting the difference at four cups. I think that um, the narrators did a good job with it. Some of the things got on my nerves with the narration. The the going back and forth with the text and, um, and the letters got on my nerves because it was like reading the name and the date. And, you yeah. know, and it was Britta, February 14th. Seven ten p.m or you know I mean it was just like it, it got to be a little bit much whereas when yeah. I was eyeball when I was eyeball reading it that was I was able to enjoy that without having to absorb that well because um, your
0: eye sort of skips over that part yeah
1: right um, or it it absorbs it to understand context but it doesn't right. it doesn't dwell there
0: yeah it's it's fast enough to go okay they're writing each other five minutes later or right. two days later you know that's
1: right thing. and so when you're listening to it it you, it brings you out of that a little bit too much so i didn't think that there i mean the narrators were good but i didn't think that that part of the book which was most of the book up until they meet was as strong but then like I thought that was a a stronger part when I read it with my eyeballs so it's like if you're going to do both read it with your eyeballs until they meet and then you can listen (laughs) 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 my recommendation
0: (laughs) well so four cups from Xana your next assigned reading Xana be prepared for shock it is not going to be a romance what? (laughs) <laughs> you uh it is romance adjacent however uh, okay. okay so it is the murder of mr wickham by claudia gray and oh, okay this is i will tell reader uh, i will tell our listeners who i think want i to know along,
1: what it's about <laughs> yes it is
0: a imagine the characters from jane austen's novels uh get together for a house party then it turns in, and Mr. Wickham shows up uh-huh. and From then and it turns Prejudice. into an Agatha Christie mystery. Oh, ah. so,
1: okay. Because so,
0: everybody's in the house and they have to stay in the house. This so,
1: sounds like it's up my alley because I'm a Jane Austen fan and I'm also an Agatha Christie fan. So, so yes,
0: I think this is this is one you're going to enjoy. Awesome. The Murder of Mr. Wickham by Claudia Gray. Uh, Enjoy that assignment, and if you would like to read along with Zanna, uh, please visit our website, cupandsaucybooks.com, for links and show notes.
1: You can find us on our website or also wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and review today. Also, follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We're on Twitter as Cup in the letter N, Saucy Books. Let us know if you have a book you would like us to review on the show. And we hope to meet you in person
0: as well. When we air this episode, we will have just come back from Readers Take Denver. And we will be at the upcoming Wild and Windy in the City in mid-May in Chicago.
1: And then I did decide to go to Banff right after that. So, <laughs> so our conversation with Samantha, I, um, I decided to go to Banff. <laughs> And
0: I so wish I could go with you on that one, but (laughs) (laughs) the schedule just didn't allow it. But let us know if you will be at either of these conferences, too. Thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time when we interview another special guest from
1: the world of books. And probably go on a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers.